going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with Jeremiah Stringer, and we are currently in my living room. This is my Christmas tree, yeah. and we are getting ready. We're just a few days away from my kids freaking out. <laughs> And busting open a thousand different presents. Yeah, I know. Everybody's uh, kids have probably already opened their gifts. Uh, John and I are recording this. We're in the festive spirit a few days before Christmas, but hopefully everybody got exactly what you wanted for Christmas. Backpacking gear. Oh, man, I'll tell you. There's so much stuff I want. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I work at a church. Yeah. Well, when you work at a church, Christmas time means you're getting snacks and candies and all this kind of stuff, right? Oh yeah. Oh, and of yeah. course I'm I've, I've been dieting and trying to lose weight. Yeah. So I've just realized 2 weeks of this year are going to be a wash. If I can just not yeah. gain weight, I'm going to consider that a victory. <laughs> Cookies, chocolate fudge, oh, homemade oh, dessert. I got I think this one lady, her name's Effie. Yeah. You know, you know she's a cool old Kentucky lady if her name is Effie, right? That's a good name. So she comes in with this container and gives it to me. And it's got Buckeyes in it, mm-hmm. you know, chocolate peanut butter. Oh, I love them. And then it has these things that look like white Buckeyes, but it's white chocolate and coconut. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You be coconut I'm, guy? Like, like, yeah, I like almond coconut. Almond Joy, is that your go-to Bro, candy? That's not my go-to candy, but okay. I like them. Okay. But I like them. And <laughs> Almond Joy has nuts, but Mounds don't. Yeah. I don't, that's what the commercial used to say. I don't know if I can get on board with uh, the Mounds. With no almond in there? Kind of throws it off. It's all right. I mean, if, if it's free, I'll eat it. Doesn't it feel like it's lacking something? Oh, it definitely feels like it could use a little yeah. something, something. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. You know, man, um, we pride ourselves in growing beards out. At least I've always done that. Yeah, look at this. I actually decided to trim mine for once. And the only reason I did it is because I've lost 40 pounds. And your face is one of the first places. Sorry, I just covered my face as I'm trying to say that. Um, but you always try and, and uh, cover your, your face is always one of the first things that you notice the weight loss. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to trim the beard just to see how less round my face was. And it's still got a little bit of roundness to it, but it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. Yeah, it looks slim, dude. It's, it's coming fantastic. down. And uh, whenever I lost weight, the first thing that I noticed was my face, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit more square jaw. And then it slowly works, my, works its way down to my midsection. I think scientifically it's because your center of gravity, you know, your well, body's designed to hold the fat at the center of gravity so you can keep your balance. Well, I've noticed, this is just me, I noticed, like, my legs, ankles, they also showed really quick. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like it, it's like a compressor. Yeah. It's like compressing all the fat to the middle, and then you sit there with this weird-looking gut for a while, which is kind of <laughs> where I'm at. Uh, now I was, you look great, man. I was already telling Jeremiah this beforehand. I'm looking in the camera. I'm like, I've got the screen right here in front of me, and, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going... Man, from here up, I think I look great. <laughs> and then this thing pops up underneath, and it, it's still there. So it's more motivation to keep losing weight. <laughs> yeah. So well, um, now if you're listening, by the way, I was just holding my hands over my stomach. So yeah. you're probably going, "What is he talking about?" That's what I'm talking if about. If you're a listener only, I'd highly urge you to sometime uh, check out the YouTube channel, subscribe if you're not already, and see if you like the video version too. You know, if you do YouTube Premium, which I do, I do too. Oh, yes, dude. Graduated from peasant lands, what I call it. <laughs> it. It only cost me $20 a month to uh, not endure the commercial. 20 Well, it went up, dude. It was like $16.95 a month, and now it's like $18.95 a month. It was 10 
Well, maybe you have a better. Did it really go up that much? Okay, now you got me wanting to look this up and find check, out. Check your bank statements, folks. I'm telling you, everything is increased when Series X increases. Oh my gosh! I'll be cutting the cord on that one too. I'll tell you, brother, it's crazy. We had we have a a four month free trial of Series XM, mm-hmm. and they keep saying you can have three more months free if you give us your credit card information. Yeah, They're like nope, I'm good. I'll I will pay. do the free. I'll stick with it. I pay for it, but you know they always hook you. They give you so long for free. And then after your freebie gets up, then you will try to cancel it. And they'll be like, actually, for $1 a month, for $12 for an entire year, we'll resubscribe you. And I say, ah, that's okay. But then, you know, you're locked in because you have fitted your lifestyle around having, you know, these two or three things added in there. Right. And then once you cut the cord on those, then you got to figure out, well, how, what's the other way I'm going to do it? What if there was a, a show that you really liked on Sirius XM? Mm. Or, you know, you got your, your stereo dialed in on your vehicle, and now it's been a year and a half, and you have your groove, you have your routine. Every day when you get home from work, you turn it on, whatever, you know. Yep. I know. I get it totally. Hair nation or whatever. Now, I think what you have, Jeremiah, is what they call the uh, family plan. Oh, no. I think that I'm a single only. No, because YouTube premium is $22 for a family plan. Yeah, I don't pay more than 20 though. I, it was sixteen ninety five for real. I'm going to look it up real quick. Cause I, okay. Because Bridget doesn't have access to it. Every time we try to click and watch something on her phone. An individual is only thirteen ninety nine a month. Well, maybe it's for new new individuals. Students are only 8 bucks. Yeah. You know what's much more expensive than that $8 is the tuition you pay for the discount. To pay. <laughs> You're like, it only costs $20,000 to get this discount and now, only pay $8. Now, you know there's a trick to it, though, right? What is it? It has to end in .edu, right? You have to have an email address. Yeah, and, yeah, And yeah. so, really, all you need to do is take a class. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but whenever I was working on my master's, you know how much a credit hour was? I don't even want to know. You take a guess. How much do you think it was for one credit hour? This is University of the Cumberlands, Corbin, Kentucky. One credit hour? And mm-hmm. you paid by the credit hour, huh? You paid by the credit hour for grad school whenever you're doing something like what I was doing, which is a teacher leadership uh, degree. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to guess, let's see, $300. Oh, you're off by a little, $395. Wow, 400 bucks for a credit hour. Yeah. And that's a three-credit hour class? It depends on which class you, class you take. Yikes. Yeah, mine was... Uh, now, when you take your master's, though, you don't take a full course load like you do with uh, undergrad, right? It depends on what master's you're getting. Mine in particular, I think it was only uh, 30 credit hours. So, I think a regular master's is 60. Okay. Yeah, but mine was 30, and then you can take another 30 and be like... In Kentucky, it's like a tiered system, so you'd be the top tier. Interesting. Yeah. It's That's odd. really interesting. But I'll tell you... I don't know if you noticed. I got my. I saw that man <laughs> backpacking with Jason marked out. Dad. Oh my gosh! I think it's beautiful. <laughs> Thank I, you very much. I actually wanted to go get mine. You're like not this episode. <laughs> That's really what he told me. He goes, "Not this episode. We're well, in the next one. We're well, in the next one." Well, we got things rolling here, and he I'll tell you, he just doesn't want to let me look good like him. That's all it is. He's selfish, no. people. I'll put my jacket on, and then you can wear your <laughs> see? shirt. See. See what I mean? We can't even be a proper couple. Like, we can't wear the same clothes or anything. Dude, I was supposed to actually be out in the woods with Mr. Backpacking with Jason Sir, And I thought on this episode, what I'm going to talk about is our trip. But you know what? Got better. No, had to cancel it. Mr. Backpacking with Jason Sir got the flu. 
Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I talked to him a few days before our trip was scheduled, and we had to reschedule it. We're still going to be able to go, hopefully, next week. Okay. And um, I got to tell you, dude, I'm actually not angry that we had to cancel, and I'll tell you why. First reason, my truck, which we have the same truck. We've talked yeah. about this before. It's injured. Really? What's wrong with it? Well, I think that uh, one of the lifters went out. Oh, man. Yeah. So I have a warranty. I'll give you an update in the yeah. future to tell you how much it, it costs me. Right now, the warranty is $100 for a deductible, and then they cover the rest. Well, that's really good. Well, we'll see if it holds out. 24 months or 24,000 miles, whichever one comes first. So I'm still covered. So here's the deal. Okay. I don't think I told you about this. Uh-uh. So <laughs> my truck broke down, and so I, I wasn't going to drive it anywhere. And I was supposed to meet Jason where we were going backpacking to Big South Fork, hour, hour and a half from the house. And since I couldn't drive the truck, my choices were to either meet him and uh, ride with him, have Bridget to either drop me off, or it's going to get complicated because Bridget actually were both teachers. And us being on Christmas break, I could go backpacking during the day, yeah. which normally I can't, but she still had to work. So that means we were down to one vehicle. Mm. Well, I also have my truck, my motorcycle, and Try the car. motorcycle. Well, that would be great in theory, but the day that we were going, the high was like 36 degrees. Man up, dude. <laughs> yeah, plus, <laughs> plus, for anybody that... Man up, man. What the heck? What for, are you? for the people that ride a motorcycle... You know, you probably don't want to leave it at a trailhead overnight either. You can lock the steering, like oh, the yeah, column. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be harder to load onto a trailer, but I still, I'm a little bit sketched out on leaving it somewhere because I feel like somebody could just take it. Well, and four wheels slide enough on ice. Yeah. Two? Yeah. One th- <laughs> Thin tires? Not a good idea. Now, when I first Not got a good a, idea at all. No. When I first got a motorcycle, I would really... I, I want to ride it as much as possible, right? Yeah. So even in the cold months, you can kind of get by with heated gloves and some good gear and stuff. But once it gets like the 35 to 40 degree range, I'm afraid that there could be ice on the road. My truck, it always pops. Does yours do that? When it starts getting real cold, it's like ice possible. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. Like, that's at like 36 degrees, 37 degrees, it tells me. So I'm afraid on the motorcycle, even though you could be warm... I'm afraid that I could hit a slick spot. But here's the kicker, Jeremiah. Yeah. You just said the key word. What is it? You're afraid. <laughs> That's right. And with... today, <laughs> we're talking about fears. Oh, yes. Yeah, dude. We're talking about Actually, fears. Now, I, I wasn't. that was not a planned transition. That was a perfect segue. But segment, here's man. the thing. You said it. Got to go with it. Yeah. Got to go with it. So we're going to talk about fears. And, and what we're doing today that's a little different is normally, I'll come with this idea to Jeremiah. I say, let's talk about this. And Jeremiah said, don't tell me anything. Mm-hmm. Tell me nothing. I'm going to... I just want to go with it. So today he goes, how about we talk about fears? I'm like, sounds great. And he starts to show me a list of things. I'm like, whoa, 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 don't tell me anything. Yeah, you know what inspired I want to give, this? I want to, give, I want to give you completely unfiltered <clears throat> opinions, nothing that I've had time to think about, just raw answers. I love it. I Honesty. Love, I love the on-air producing, man. Yeah. I think it's fun. It's it changes it up. What inspired this kind of idea on the fear is I done a YouTube video a year or two ago, and I had this awesome thumbnail. And it's me. I remember having Bridget. I was like, Bridget, I need you to come outside and help me take this picture. It was raining. It was like sunset time, so you had the golden hour, and I had the lantern up my face and a big old. I remember that, beard. yeah. And I was like. Rrr. 
And then, uh, you know, Dan helped me make a title for it. And the video is really good. And I was like, I should do a follow-up video for that video and see if it does really good. Did it? Well, I haven't made the video yet, but I have some of my bullet points here that I'd like to talk in long form today. And if you want to just see the short form, I like that. You can check out my YouTube channel and uh, Jeremiah Stringer Stringer hikes. That's right. Not two stringers. I I was trying not to burp there. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to tell you, if people go back and watch these videos, yeah, a lot of times you'll be talking and something will happen. Like I'll get a burp that comes up, and I have to like. Then it's so like, I'm trying not to make noise into the microphone, but I know I'm making faces. Yeah. And so I'm going. In true hiker trash yeah, and then And then I, I guess it was a week or two ago, I bit my lip while you were talking because I wanted to say something. You would talk. And I stopped myself. When I did, I, I bit my lip. And so I'm like, mm, like this in the camera. And so people, if you want to just be entertained with zero words, just watch my face when Jeremiah is talking because there's always going to be something that happens. I don't know what it is. Well, I'll so, give you the the first thing on my list is people are afraid of getting lost. With good reason. Yeah. So my kind of what I'm doing with my video is giving some advice on how to get around these fears and actually get out in the woods and start backpacking or overcome some of these fears. Like my wife, she's just afraid of bugs and stuff. Right. You know, so, or the dark or whatever. Or pooping outside. Yeah, there's a bunch of different ones. That's one of my funniest, my favorite fears. Is pooping outside? Is that people are afraid to poop outside. Now, I don't get the afraid part. Yeah, I don't don't either. You think it's just fear of the unknown? They don't know how to do it without the porcelain, and so they're... For some reason, they just think it's gross. But it's natural. Yeah. As natural as it gets. I know. Fertilizes the area. Let stuff continue As long as you're not grow. eating too much Mountain House. You eat Mountain House, it's going to kill everything. You know, like <laughs> That's true. A 10-foot diameter. So, Or maybe it moves through your system so fast, you poop it out, something else eats it. And, and then, then they, they die. Or they, <laughs> or hopefully, hopefully they have the stomach that they can handle it. Yeah, man, we're never gonna have a mountain house uh, sponsorship ever. Unless, you, now, if they change some of their their recipes and uh-huh. stuff starts tasting good, you wouldn't take a mountain house sponsorship. They're not gonna offer me a mountain. I've said so many nasty things about mountain house food over the over the years. <laughs> if they offered me one, I'd be like, "Do you know who I am? Yeah. Have you watched anything I've done? Well." Maybe you could ironically say yes and still advertise for them and make money. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they'd be I, on board for that. I though. made a short about uh, Mountain House Meals that I never published. Yeah? I may have to do that. I may have to actually publish that video. <laughs> I, I made it. I'm not going to say what it was because it would kind of like kill it, but let's just say it wasn't flattering. Hey, speaking of shorts, we'll get back to the list here in just a second. But yeah. Speaking of shorts, did you have you seen the editing software that allow you to take your long-form videos and cut it into oh, shorts yeah. for you? Yeah. It, like, it will AI do Opus everything. Clip. Use Opus Clip. See, yeah. I, I downloaded CapCut. Yeah, that's a good one too. Well, it's not been very good. I'm sorry. I I got it so that I could use the auto framing feature and then export it as a nine by sixteen video. A little behind the scenes for everybody. You want to uh, reuse content if you can, so that you can put it in different you know yeah, forums, right, basically. Right. So I took long form video, cut it into short form, tried to export it as nine by sixteen, and it's not exporting. It's exporting as sixteen by nine, but with black bars. So I have been on support with CapCut so many times and everything they've told me to do, I've already done. And then I go back into the support and they tell me, to how do much is that thing. a month? Seven ninety nine. So I paid it once, right? Yeah. You could do a whole year for a discount or seven ninety nine every month. And it come out, it's like $8 and some change, $9. And it's been absolutely terrible. I had one video to work 
And they're also on a different time zone. So their support doesn't start until like 3 or 4 p.m. in the afternoon. So I'll go so on there. in Japan? I think they're a California company. And maybe they just opened late. I, I would know. say so if they're starting at 3, that's like noon. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they're just sleeping in. But anyway, yeah, the short form, I really like it. Yeah. But if I could just upload a video and have it do everything for me, yeah. I would 100% pay for that. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So getting lost, dude. How how would you advise somebody to go about preventing getting lost, to overcome that fear, or basically prevent it as much as possible in general? Well, I think if it's a fear, like a genuine mm-hmm. fear, like not just a nervousness, but an actual fear, mm-hmm. I would I would show them programs they can trust, GPS programs. We actually had a video about that a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Go check that out. That would help. Um, but I would also tell them to learn how to use a compass and a map. Because mm-hmm. if there's someone who genuinely de- deals with fear, mm-hmm. they need to have as many ways to navigate the wilderness as possible so that they can get over that. It's not going to happen just by having a phone. Because what happens if the power goes out? Yeah. Now I don't have my map. What do I do? Now, the compass you know? and map, I think that's an interesting one because we all preach, preach, preach compass and map. But I don't know of anybody personally that's went and taken like a wilderness class or something where they show you like authentically on a, a legit compass mm-hmm. how to do it with the map. Have you well, ever taken one of those classes? Or? No, but I have a friend who was a Marine. Okay. So he so showed, he showed you, me how to, how to use it. Okay. So what skills am I lacking here? Give me the Reader's Digest version of, I it, should ask Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a Reader's Digest version. Okay. Because it all comes down to you have to look at the the key. Mm-hmm. Then you have to measure that based on your compass. So you've got decent measurements from your compass to the map. And then you've got to make sure you're north, you're south, everything's keyed up the right way so that you're when you're holding your map, you're holding it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a lot to it. You can't just – there's no real Reader's Digest. But once okay. you do – once you learn how to do it, it's it's pretty easy to remember. It's not one of those things where – you're going to forget overnight because mm. once you pick it up, it's visual. The whole thing's visual. And so well, it's what, and it's tactile. So you're holding it. So it's, it's using multiple senses. I think anything that uses multiple senses tends to be something you remember easier. I agree. And I'll also add this. If you're afraid of getting lost out there and you'll probably hear this as advice on some of the other points that I'm going to make is take somebody else with you. That's more experienced and mm-hmm. make sure you have a plan. If you'll yeah. do those two things. Now, personally, I bring backups. Like, I know we talked on that previous episode about the apps and everything. Yeah. But, like, my watch, it has GPS. Which, by the way, a lot of comments saying Gaia is the stuff. <laughs> just point it out. It was... It was. <laughs> you all agreed with me. You know, I'm just saying. So, I'm going to have to teach you how to use Gaia. Yeah, I'm okay with I, that. I'm going to have to teach you how to use Gaia. I think you're going to find out if you start using it. You're going to be like, oh, wow, this is kind of awesome. Yeah, well, I would hope that uh, that that would do it for me. Yeah. Okay, another one. Time mm-hmm. to get a little controversial. Okay, okay. Let's rub some people. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> I wish you could see him right now, folks. If you're listening, he's just he's moving his shoulder back and forth. So we gotta rub some people. We're gonna rub some people here. Whatever that so, is, I don't, even, I don't even know why this is rub. It's <laughs> it's, it's me. It's oh, okay, me. okay. I'm feeling it's you now. Okay, up okay. You. I thought so, you were doing some kind of dance. I was like, never seen Jeremiah dance before. <laughs> what about? Um, Another big fear, other people. A fear of other people. Well, that's one of the things that I think this is especially true for, you know, the females that go along 
You know, I don't okay, want yeah. I don't yeah. want to speak for a whole group of people, but I feel like especially with the females going alone, I see a lot of stuff on Facebook. Of course, that doesn't really reflect everybody's right, real right, life yeah. opinions, but you know, in these Facebook groups and stuff, some of the girls would be like, I'm is, is this something to worry about? In fact, just on on Reddit the other day, I was looking at a Camino subreddit. And there was a girl that's like, hey, I'm supposed to start my Camino in five days. I'm doing the Portuguese route, but I'm 23. I'm a girl. I'm going alone. I'm having second thoughts now. And I feel like that girl is not the only one. Oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I just, that got me thinking. To me, that's one of the most amazing things about the Appalachian Trail. What's Appalachian, that? Appalachian, whatever you want to call it. Um, there are a lot of women that do that by themselves. Yeah. And you say they shouldn't be scared. Well, no, I'm not saying they should or shouldn't be scared. I just find it interesting. If you talk to most women, mm-hmm. and, and we've talked to women on this podcast that have said this, yeah, men just randomly coming up and talking to them is nerve-wracking. Yeah, it's probably really weird because uh, you're just in the middle of the woods. Maybe it's just you two. Well, and we, we live in such a screwed-up world right now mm-hmm. where people are doing the strangest things. And so women genuinely have a nervousness about men who just randomly show up and start talking to them. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's so interesting that so many women start the Appalachian Trail by themselves. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to meet a lot of people. Yeah. You don't hike the Appalachian Trail and not meet people. Yeah, it's very social. And Dixie from Homeway Wonderlust, we've had her on here before. And I remember in some of her videos, she talked about one thing that made her feel safer was having a neck knife. Because yeah. she always knew where it was. And it was quick access. It was right here on her chest at all times. And I never really considered it for personal safety, but I used the neck knife for a while, yeah. especially after seeing her videos. And it is super convenient. And I don't, I'd say a knife can I say, is better. Can I say like a neck knife always made me nervous? Why? Are you afraid it'll fall out? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never I've had always, that happen. I know nobody, I, I don't know anybody has, but for some reason a knife hanging upside down. Mm-hmm. I'm just afraid I'm going to hit something or I'm going to get it caught like on a branch when I'm trying to crawl. Like, when you, occasionally when you have to bushwhack because there's a tree that fell yeah. down or whatever, I'm always afraid that thing is going to get caught. And I'm going to lose it. Yeah, or you're going to lose it and it's going to fall in your jacket or something and then poke you. That would be really, really bad. Or slice the jacket. Now I've got a, mm-hmm. a puffy jacket or a rain jacket that's worthless. Yeah, there's a lot of complications that could come yeah. with that. Okay, real quick before we move on to the next one. So when I first started backpacking, the, the person that helped outfit me the most was uh, a former member of the National Guard, and his job was during, I don't know what you would call the war, but he basically was transporting supplies, like uh, like it was just in Iraq, and he would be an escort. His company would escort uh, supplies along the road in, you know, in between towns in Iraq. Right. And he was like, yeah, I got all this gear. He gave me a first aid kit, showed me how to use a tourniquet, all this stuff. And I feel like he got me. A, he gave me a bunch of knowledge for rucking, and for like the military style. But that's not really the same style of no, backpacking that no. a lot of people do in the wilderness. But his number one was like, you need to get a gun. You need to get a gun. So I went and yeah. bought a nine millimeter handgun, and I had it and an extra clip, like a magazine full of self defense rounds. You were just afraid you were going to get into like a shootout on the trail, dude. I went, I saw in an old picture, I was going through some old pictures, how much that handgun and uh, the extra magazine weighed. And it was like over two pounds. Mm -hmm. And that was on me at all times, had it clipped on my hip belt. And I I don't think I've carried a firearm with me 
on trail in probably four years, maybe four and a half years. Yeah. So I was gonna say it's the one thing I've not done. Although I had like you, I had a lot of people. Yeah. And, and listen, we live in Kentucky, so it's the for first people question. Wanted, yeah, in Kentucky. Um, Concealed carry is legal for anybody. Yeah, you know, as long as you're over the age of 18. No, 21. Is it 21? Well, it's 21 to carry to carry and buy a handgun is 21. So I would assume that the concealed carry, okay, you know, it's, yeah. would apply the same. But way. I mean, basically anybody that's an adult can conceal carry. Yeah, and so um, it's very normal, and it's not something people walk around in fear of. I mean, yeah, you see it at Walmart sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and we have, there's a lot of people that open carry. Yeah, because open, open carry. carry is legal in, in yeah. Kentucky, and so you'll see people open carrying. You just don't really. You don't it, pay a whole lot of attention to you it. Really but don't. I know that it's a very controversial uh, thing, depending yeah. on you know the culture of your state and everything. But that's why. But that's why we get the advice from people that you need to carry a gun. Yeah, yeah. Because like, you're going to be out in the woods. You don't know if you're going to hear like banjos uh-huh. playing off in the distance, and some guy's going to come out and <laughs> yeah. say, "Boy, yeah. you got a pretty mouth." You know, it's like you don't. They don't. They don't know what you're going to experience, and so right. people kind of freak out, and they want to. They want you to make sure that you're safe. Well, my only thing with the weapon is. I, it's important if you are going to carry, research the state's laws where you're going yep. because some things aren't reciprocated. Yep. And um, also be trained. So no matter where you're going or what type of weapon you have, you're trained with how to use that weapon well, and gun safety yeah, in general. I tell people, um, even if you're not going to conceal carry, take a conceal carry class. Yeah. Those classes are fantastic because they, te- they teach people um, – one, the danger of a gun, mm-hmm. but also the safe use of a gun, um, how to clean it, make sure that it doesn't misfire. Mm-hmm. Um, all the things that you need to know, all the laws. Mm-hmm. Um, you even get a list of states where it's legal and it's not legal. Yeah. Um, you know, Illinois is pretty much nothing. You just, just you can't, you can't uh, carry a gun anywhere Yeah. in Illinois. Not even Chicago. No. Seems like there's a lot of guns there. There's a lot of guns in Chicago. <laughs> They're just not the legal kind. Yeah, yeah. But we won't get into that today. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so. Can I tell you one more thing? Well, yeah, go ahead. And then we'll go on to the next yeah. one. Um, I may have told this story before, so I'm going to make it really brief. I had a buddy that when I first started backpacking, I borrowed a tent off of him because he had been backpacking quite a bit. And he flew out to, I can't remember what state it was out west, but it was heavy mountain lion territory. And, okay, and he was loaned a gun from uh, a law enforcement officer out there in exchange for one of his IDs, and then returned the the firearm to him. And the officer said, "You need to have one out here in this area you're going. If you don't, then you're crazy." So I thought that that was wild. That kind of flipped it on its head. Yeah, I've, I've never actually heard that, but that does make sense mm-hmm. because we've all seen videos of people who've come up on mountain lions. Yeah. That one video of the guy who walked backwards and mm-hmm. videoed the mountain lion coming at him the entire time. Yeah, and one guy actually shot the mountain lion as it was running toward him. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen that one. Yep, yep. I'll have to show you that one. At so, lunch. and there's, the, I mean, like you said, it's all, it, there's a lot of controversy yeah. in that because um, we are kind of intruding on their home. Mm hmm. So there is that that aspect of it, it's but at the same time, you need to protect yourself. Yeah, I mean, just like they would protect themselves, we need to protect ourselves. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's it is what it is. Well, so what else are we afraid of, Jeremiah? Uh, another big one, dude. People packing their fears of running out of food or water. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, that's a big one. I did that for a long time. Uh, I, I feel like I still do it. Dude, I'll tell you, the day that I did a trip and when I came back, the only thing that was left mm-hmm. was one packet of gummy candy. 
I you felt said, so I accomplished that day. I'm just telling you, like for, I mean, at least the first two and a half, three years of backpacking, every trip I came back, half of my food bag was full. Mm. It was just like, I was carrying like an extra two pounds of food on every trip. And you know how pounds are. Two pounds doesn't sound like a lot mm-hmm. until you've hiked 15 to 20 miles. Yeah. And then it weighs a lot. Yeah, it starts, uh, you start to feel it, man. Those two pounds feel like more pounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, you they know? always say an ounce in the morning is a pound in the afternoon. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so That's it's like, thing. it's this idea, you know, it doesn't weigh much when you start. By the time you're done, all that weight, you can feel it. You know, we were at uh, Cumberland Gap National Park, I guess it's called. It's federal. Oh, it's beautiful out there. Fantastic. And... You know, you, we already talked about the food portion, mm-hmm. now the water part. So you could probably run out of food and be okay on a backpacking trip. I mean, maybe not. You might. The hiking like, will be hard. Yeah, your glucose levels might crash. You might actually, you know, especially if you deal with that on a normal Well, that, what basis. they call it, zonking out. You'll zonk out on trail. Is that where you're just totally exhausted? Your body's done. It's like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like water's even more important. Absolutely. Both important, obviously. But water is the source of life. Yeah. So with the water, I made a mistake, dude. Whenever we were uh, <laughs> twice, two two recent trips, one, Jason and I had to walk all the way back to Neil's Gap to a store to get water. Yeah. And then another trip we were on, Cumberland Gap, that I was just about to tell you about, I was like, well, there's going to be water up at the campsite. So I poured out water or left water in the truck because I didn't want to carry like two extra liters. And then we got up there, no water. Oh, man. Yeah. So I then, can't believe I just heard Jeremiah Stringer say that. Well, dude, water, if you get rid of two liters, all of a sudden you're, you're having to gain, you know, 1,500 feet and you're, you shed five pounds. Yeah, but you're going to drink that water on the way up too. And you're going to shed pounds of that water as you're hiking. <laughs> No, it wasn't very far. It was only like, I don't know, 30 miles. 1,500 feet. Yeah. Over three miles. Yeah. That's that's some decent elevation, now man. Now, don't, don't quote me on that. I may just pull be pulling the numbers out of my wazoo. I'm just saying, I know how you drink water on trail. <laughs> yeah. I like to stay hydrated. You drink a lot of water on trail, so the fact that you, of all people that I know, oh, it dumped a, water blows my mind. I just a, can't, like, it, it's... I'm a little, little baffled by this. So what advice would you give people on the the being afraid of running out of food or water? The food thing, I would just say, you're not going to know food until you go on a few trips. Yep. You really better. don't, because some people do snack a lot when they hike. Mm-hmm. I don't. I really just don't. I found out I rarely snack when I hike. Just not too hungry? I just don't think about it. Now, when I do snack, is like I, I, I'll carry those Welch's fruit snacks. Because I love those things. It's a little gummy thing. Yeah, but what I'll do is if I see a hill coming up and I know I'm getting ready for a climb, mm-hmm. a lot of times what I'll do is I'll pull out one of those uh, snack packs of those. They're only like 110 or 150 calories or something like that. I'll take one of those and I'll eat it real quick to get that sugar in my system so that I can hit that hill. It gives me just enough energy to get up that, that climb. Mm-hmm. And then I, unless there's another big climb, I really just don't snack so when i first started backpacking i would have like multiple snacks for throughout the day while i was hiking mm-hmm. and what i'd find is at the end of the day i still have almost all of those snacks still sitting there in my bag and mm-hmm. i never ate them 
And I would always be like, well, I better bring like a couple extra meals in case, you know, I get lost in the woods. And, mm. and what I found was I never really needed those meals either. Mm. So I just, I think you, I think the only way to get over that fear is to hike more. Yeah. Get out and do trails. You can't, I don't think that's one that you can convince someone of unless they experience it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you go to somebody who's genuinely afraid of, of backpacking without enough food, mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. You can be Andrew Skirka telling them what to bring. They're still going to bring what they're going to bring. I agree. And I t- I'll show you this was Bridget's meal list on the last trip. I don't know what else she wrote on there. Yeah. But uh, you can see we do like a little grid system. I showed her this. So whatever days you're going, like I was going Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then I have breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. And what I found is I really don't eat lunch. My snack in the morning and my snack in the afternoon kind of takes care of the lunch, and I'm walking anyway, so I'm not very hungry. Interesting. So, like you said, I think experience is kind of the best teacher. Well, and you got to know your body, too. Yeah. Some people, they're just in better shape, and they don't need as much food to give them energy when they're hiking. Mm -hmm. Other people, if they don't eat, they completely, like I said, they'll zonk out, and they're done. Like, they can't make it. Got to know your own body. So, you got to know your body. You got to hike more. I mean, that's really... With something like food and water, I think there's no getting over the fear until you know you have more knowledge and wisdom on the trail itself. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. Now we are uh, we're about thirty or so minutes in. Do you want to do one more, or do you let's, want let's to, do one uh, more and we'll do a part two? Okay. On the next episode. All right. I'll give you one more. So one thing. Now this is a weird one, okay? But it still made my list. Okay. One thing that people are afraid of is just being bored out there. And I think the reason why is, is because we are so stimulated every day, all the time. When Mm -hmm. you're driving, you got podcasts, you got radio. When you're at home, maybe you're watching YouTube videos, something playing in the background while you're cooking, or maybe your kids are watching Watching Baby Shark. You got video games, you got all kinds of stuff. And some people, (laughs) dude... I feel like this is more the college age, and I used to be this way too. You got music playing, you got the TV on, maybe a football game on, you got uh, PS3 hooked up or whatever, you know, PS5 now, and then you got your phone, you got a YouTube video playing, and you just have all this stimulation. And then you go to the woods, and then your brain is so confused because the only thing stimulating it is just... The birds and the wind. Yeah. And the feel of the ground below your feet. Well, you know this. You've hiked with me before. Mm-hmm. I am rarely the last person up at night. Yeah. A lot of times I'm the first person to bed. And I think the reason for that for me is I have so much going on through the week, my head never gets to stop. Mm-hmm. And when I go hiking and I get out in the woods, I'll sit and talk to everybody. We'll laugh for a little bit, but my brain is like, Ugh. yeah, it's like this release. It's like relief that, oh. I get a break, mm-hmm. you know, and I will go to bed and I'll be out before everybody else even goes to bed because it's just so relaxing and so calming. And I, I think people who are afraid of being bored mm-hmm. don't realize just how much of a relief on your body and your mind and your soul it is when you get out there and you're not having to deal with all of the stimulation. You start to realize how overstimulated you are and uh, you actually are then giving yourself the ability to appreciate quiet 
mm-hmm. calm, <laughs> you know, lack of screens. Um, there, it's just, it's just nice. Well, let me give you a few situations where I'm backpacking. And I get bored. Yes. Okay. No, like leading the pack is stuck in a tent in the rain for multiple hours well before bedtime. I'll give you that one. Okay. So what do you do whenever you are in that situation? Or have you been in that situation? Oh, I've been in that situation multiple yeah, times. It sucks, doesn't it? You yeah. can't move. You're like, gosh, why am I not in a hammock right now? <laughs> why did I make this life choice? <laughs> why am I in this tent? <laughs> yeah. Well, the one thing that's great, too, about a hammock, and this has nothing to do with the fear thing, but one of the things that's great about a hammock is you don't have to about your, worry about your floor getting wet. Amen to that, dude. And you can sit in it like a chair. Yeah. With a tarp over you, so you're not just like... I feel like a one-man tent in the rain when you're stuck for five hours. Well, and I'll be honest. A lot of times now when I go backpacking with a hammock, I have a little table I bring with me. Oh, yeah. Those are nice. And it sits up, you know, fairly high. Mm-hmm. So I'll set it right beside my hammock. And if it's raining, I can have it right there, put a drink on it. Yeah, you talk about some luxury chill. weight now. Yeah. And it's and it's it's not even a pound. I mean, it, we're talking... Oh, it's less than a pound. Oh, yeah. It's less than a pound. Mm. It's a Helinox table, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I didn't you know, the know chair zero it. people. Yeah. yeah. But... um. Yeah, I mean, and even when I tent camp, I bring a table. Mm. Like I'll take, I've got the little, uh, what is it? It's like plastic, corrugated plastic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Weighs just a few ounces. I'll bring that and set it just outside my tent. So in the morning, I can have a cup of coffee sitting there waiting on me, sitting, you know, relaxing on the table, yeah. and I don't have to worry about it spilling inside the tent. Yeah, it's a, it's like a home comfort. Yeah. Well, I think that's the key to backpacking, anyways. Mm, if you want to be comfortable. Yeah. If it. you want to be comfortable. Yeah. And. I think with the boredom thing, I think a lot of it is just what are you doing to set it up to not be boring? I think I was I was actually listening to our second ever episode today. All right. Like ever. And and I'm listening to it and you and and Mr. Backpacking with Jason Sir had just gotten done on a trip with the Shill brothers. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how Jason had brought a tarp, an Eno tarp, mm-hmm. and that you had carried it. And it was great because when it poured down the rain, you guys were still able to sit out by the fire because you guys set up a tarp mm-hmm. that you were able to sit under. So I think a lot of it just comes down to, are there some things you can do to kind of break that boredom? If you ever backpack with Miyagi, mm-hmm. he's bringing a Frisbee. Yeah, little rubber Frisbee. The rubber Frisbee's got it every trip, and he's throwing it at you and with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's things you can bring and things you can do. Some people bring playing cards. Mm-hmm. You can get these little decks of playing cards that aren't full size, mm-hmm. but you can still play cards. And they'll just weigh, you know, three or four ounces for the whole pack. Mm. What about electronics? Um, do you yeah. download a movie or something? I'll download movies. Yeah, I do that a lot of times if uh, if I just want to. There are times when I go backpacking, I just don't want to be social. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds weird, but there's just times I'm just like, well, I'm, dude, my we, job, I'm social every yeah, day of the week. That's what I started to say. Our jobs are talking to people yeah. all kinds of hours every day. Yeah. And sometimes you come home and you're like, Phew, you know, got wife and kids here. I'm going to be doing some more talking. I just need a little time where I don't have to be social. And backpacking sometimes is that getaway. Yeah, too. backpacking for me is a big getaway for that because it's mm-hmm. for me it's great because it gives me that opportunity to kind of do what I want to do. Right. Because you know this, if you're married, it's it's never fifty fifty. Like just if you're getting married and say we're going to be fifty fifty down the middle. No, you're not. You're just yeah. not. Sometimes it's going to be 60, 40. Sometimes it's going to be 30, 70. It's going to be 80, 20 sometimes. Yeah. You just don't know. But what you do know is that your wife's going to be on the better end of that most of the time. <laughs> so you don't always get to pick out your own movies. You don't always get to pick out your own shows. You don't get to, you just don't get to, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. Um, but when you're backpacking, you're in a tent by yourself. Guess what? 
It's your time. It's your time. Mm -hmm. You can watch whatever you want. You can listen to whatever you want. You can just sleep if you want to. Mm -hmm. And if you're somebody who doesn't want to bring electronics out on the trail, don't bring electronics on the trail. Mm -hmm. But if you want to bring it and watch a movie because you never get to watch the movie you want to, bring it out and watch a movie. Now, one thing that I have dealt with, and this is first world problem, do I download five movies and then have a selection, you know, or some Netflix series, etc., or do I download one and live the simple life? But with simplicity comes the problem of what if I'm not in the mood to watch that? Like, what if you have the Joker downloaded, but you don't want to watch that? that? Was a, I wouldn't want to watch that on the trail. Anyway, it's not, that movie makes that's too that's too heavy for me on a well, trail. Well, for for a while it was the only movie Jason movie Jason had downloaded, and he had watched it like three times. And I was like, wow. Dude, why don't you just download something else? Yeah, you're you're at home on Wi-Fi all the time. Yeah, but. well, I was gonna say I use the Apple. I guess Apple TV or Apple Movies app, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I've got like eight or nine movies downloaded. So you like a selection. Yeah, well, because I never know what I want at the end of the day. That's what I'm thinking too. But, dude, sometimes more choices isn't the best thing. I'm pretty quick to decide on things. (laughs) You're okay with it. Yeah, well, it's so funny when I go out to eat with my wife. I will look at the menu for three seconds, set it down, I'm ready. The waitress will come over. Are you guys ready to order? Can I have a few more minutes? Okay, yeah, it's fine. We'll have, we'll, t- we'll take a few more minutes, you know. Yeah. Comes back. She still has not made up her mind. <laughs> I made up my mind like 10 minutes ago. And I'm, I'm real quick with stuff like that because I, I know what I want typically, and I just that's what I order. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, could be a, that could be a blessing and a curse, I guess. But So for me, if I've got all these movies, I'll know. Like I'll look at it and be like, I'm watching that. Yeah. And one movie that is always, always in my rotation Mm-hmm. Is mile, mile and a half. Oh, you when you're backpacking, you want to watch stuff about backpacking? The John Muir Trail. <laughs> I know you're excited, dude. I just I cannot <laughs> tell you enough how much I want to hike the John Muir Trail. Oh, so that's funny. I was so jealous of Brian Carpenter, aka The Flash, when uh, he did the John Muir Trail out of nowhere. Just one day, yeah. he goes, "I'm leaving in two weeks for the John Muir Trail," and I'm like, "He just does that, man." What? But where he works, he can get away with that. And and he's got a wife, but he doesn't have any kids. Yeah. And she's like, go have fun. He's got a little freedom there. Yeah, he's got his wife's fantastic. She's a great lady. Yeah, and we've had him on here a few times to talk about his adventures. Yeah. Yeah, y'all done quite a bit of the shell toy together. Most of it, yeah. Now, on the waiter, is it rude to ask him if you can go ahead and order when you order your drink? If you already know what you're wanting? No. It's not rude. As a waiter, I loved that. Oh, really? Because I didn't have to come back. Okay, so you just do it all in one. Yeah, I always, I always love that personally, because mm-hmm. it's like you come to get the drink, and I mean it's it's courtesy by the waiter. You know, you get the drinks. I'll give you time to figure out what you want to eat. I'll come back. Yeah. Um, but usually, if you're telling the waiter mm-hmm. that you uh, you want to go ahead and order, that usually means the waiter means the waiter hasn't done a very good job, and he took too much time oh. to come to you. I mean, I would say that. Yeah, it could so, go either way, huh? Yeah, so it could be that you're not doing a good job, and that's why they're ready to order, because you've given them way too much time Yeah. when you should have gotten their drink the moment they sat down. Yeah, maybe they've been sitting there for too long without a drink order. Yeah. And I was a waiter. I mean, I did this. So I'm not like, I'm not like calling out waiters and waitresses and being a punk, but I was a waiter, and one of the things they always told us is the moment you see someone seated, get over there as soon as possible. Mm. So there's that. Yeah, I don't know what that has to do with backpacking, but there it is. Well, we can talk about whatever we want on the backpacking podcast. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But I currently we'll ranked up. number twenty-eight on the uh, Good Pods Top One Hundred in wilderness. All right. So 
I like that. Yeah. Want to want to grab some food and do a part two? I think we should grab some food and do a part two. All right. Well, fantastic. So, so for myself and Jeremiah Stringer, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Adios, folks. <laughs> <laughs>